This is an SM Media production. And welcome to the latest episode of Golf Talk right here on SM Media. I'm Scott McBride, delighted to be your host as always. We have got a very special show lined up this week. We are going to take a look at the biggest team event in sport, the Ryder Cup. We are going to look at Team USA versus Team Europe. And we've devised an all-star team to do that. We're going to look at all the big goings on that's going to happen this week. We are going to start off by talking to Andy Fullen, the Pro at Large Golf Club. Andy, pleasure to welcome you back on to the show. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for inviting me on. Delighted to, to participate. We're also joined by Alistair Forsyth, legendary pro, pro golfer in Scotland. Alistair, pleasure to welcome you back on. Thank you, Scott. Great to be here. We're joined by Alan Tate as well. Very, very famous name. The course record holder at Carnoustie for many, many years. One of the best voices in Scottish golf. A pleasure to be on the show as always. Thanks, Scott. Good, good to see you and good to see the boys. Thank you. We are going to look at what's going to be happening this week. Obviously, Andy, I'll start with you. It's the first Ryder Cup in three years. Obviously, we're a year later than we originally thought we would be. How excited are you for this week's Ryder Cup? Oh, can't wait. It's always uh, one of the one of the highlights of the golfing golfing calendar. Just um, star-studded teams. Um, just it's just as as good as it gets in golf, really, isn't it? It's just absolutely fantastic, and um, yeah, just can't just can't wait to get going. Definitely, Alistair. What is it about the Ryder Cup that makes it so prestigious? I think the, hist- the history of it obviously is amazing. If you if you read back, you look back into where how it all began and the Samuel Ryder and putting the trophy up and how the thing all, all started back, you know, a long, long time ago and just how it's, it's spiralled has just been incredible. But I think that really, when it became Europe against uh, America, it really became much more of a contest. But it's the best television in sport. I mean, I know we're obviously biased as, as golfers, but I genuinely can't find any, I never, never found anything uh, more exciting to watch than a than a close, a close Ryder Cup Sunday. It's just brilliant. Alan, what is it about the Ryder Cup for you that makes it so prestigious? Yeah, I think, Scott, a wee bit like but Big Al there talking about the history of it. I mean, I'm a wee bit I'm slightly older than you chaps. Um, so I kind of go back to the late 70s when guys like Jack Nicklaus were still playing, Tom Watson. These were my heroes of the game. And, uh, I mean, we were getting stuffed every two years off these guys. You know, the Europeans just couldn't couldn't live with them. In fact, I think even by that time, it was still Great Britain Island. But anyway, it, it was still so exciting and it was intriguing. And I was like, what's this Ryder Cup all about? And as I say, that, you know, my heroes of the game at that time were, were Nicholas Watson. So I was almost kind of supporting the Americans because, you know, Europeans, only Seve then sort of came on the scene and it all sort of changed. Um, but for me, it's, again, as I said, a bit like Big Al, it's, it's all about the history and, and, and the memories. It's just been amazing memories over the year, uh, over the years and the excitement of it. And uh, I mean, it's just it's such a massive event now. It's just went nuts over the, over the last 20, 25 years. But really looking forward to it. It's, uh, we need it. You know, it's been three years since uh, Paris. Seems a long, long time ago since mm-hmm. that even took place. Um, so we need to get that buzz back and uh, it'll, it'll just be a, a fantastic weekend regardless of the outcome. 
Yeah, definitely. Andy, what's some of your what's your kind of favourite memory for the Ryder Cup? You get one particular that stands out for you for, for events going past. I think um, Medina obviously is is the easy one to say. Um, that Sunday was just just unbelievable. Um, just most phenomenal uh, television and drama you you'll see in sport, but. Probably my, my favourite Ryder Cup for watching was probably the 2002 at the Belfry, uh, Sam's one. Um, I don't know whether it's with the Largs connection with, with, with Sam uh, and stuff like that, but I, I don't know. I actually seen the uh, highlights of it today on, on Sky's uh, Ryder Cup channel, um, and I, ju- I just loved it. I don't know what it was, whether it was just... Uh, the course, having played the course as well, um, pretty familiar with it. Um, there's been Ryder Cups here before. Um, I, I just, uh, whether it was just at, at that time, I just uh, resonated good memories for me. But I, I love watching that, the, the 2002 one at the Belfry. But oh, that Sunday at Medina will, will take a lot of beating, I think. Yeah, um, forward. yeah I'd agree with that. Medina for me. Alistair, what's that memory of the Ryder Cup you've got in your mind that still sticks with you to this day? I like, uh, you know, obviously Medina, as Andy said, is the, is, uh, is the, the one that really stands out. I mean, that was just uh, beyond belief what was, what was happening that night, the best the best um, sporting, sporting television you, you could ever see. Uh, I think the whole thing started to, well, really, really changed um, in 1985. And obviously, we're going to mention Sam again when he, when he you know, he holds a winning pot, but, you know, we're, Tate was saying we, you know, we changed to, to Europe not long before that, and that really started to make it a contest. And when we won there, you know, I think Tony Jacklin was a big was a big influence on it then as well. But yeah. when we won in the, the Belfry in '85, that was the first time we'd won for a long time, um, and we followed that up by going and winning for the first time in America. For I mean, I, I should know this, but it might even be the first time ever. I think I might be right in saying that. Um, in '87, when and, and we started, you know, that you had the Lazabal, Seve, Langer, so players and you know, two or three other the Spaniards, Canas, uh, etc., coming from uh, coming from Europe into the team, and it just progressed from there to obviously to the Sc- Scandinavians, um, more 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 German, you know, with Martin Keimer, French Frenchman, um, you know, we really think kicked off from from 1985 and Sam Hall in the pot being a Scot, you know, a young Scottish guy, what I mean, about nine or ten year old at the time, just brilliant watching a, a guy from down the road holding the mm-hmm. the winning pot in the Ryder Cup and the first their first victory for a for a long time. But that's always one I mean, that and then following that up in '87 was a a time that always always kind of really started my kind of love of the Ryder Cup, if you like. Alan, is there a particular memory you've got that still sticks out with you? 95 for me actually I think it was Oak Hill in America and uh, it was it came down to Faldo's game and the singles and uh, he, he, last was a par 4 and I think he hit his tee shot into the rough and he couldn't get up and he, he laid it up and uh, he hit a wedge from about 110 yards to about 4 feet and he, so he had that 4 footer to win the Ryder Cup and I just remember my heart was coming out my chest watching it I'm like you know Please knock this in, and it was so intense in the atmosphere. Even sitting watching at home, you could feel it. Um, you know what? And and Faldo, and typical Faldo, you know, steel steel man, four footer, a thing like that. You'd have no better guy to to hold a four footer to win the Ryder Cup. And he walked up, and you know, he's up and down it from 110 yards. But the bit that I loved about that was him and Seve were, you know, I don't, I don't think they were the best of pals, 
But, you know, set, uh, Felder came off that last green and he just collapsed into Seve's arms. And the two of them are holding each other and the two of them are crying like babies, like you know, proper, proper emotion. And here's, here's two guys with, um, you know, arguably two of the biggest, the two biggest egos in golf at that time, you know, no love lost for each other. And I thought, my goodness, that is what the Ryder Cup does to, to individuals like that. The two of them are standing there holding each other with proper cuddling, hugging and both crying and thank you, well done so much. And, and you're sitting there going, wow, if, that, if this is what this does to people like that, then wow, fantastic. You know, so that, that was my, that was when it really hit home to me, how much that meant to, to the golfer. Yeah, definitely. There's been a lot of fantastic memories with the Ryder Cup, but we're going to see new ones this week. It's going to be played at Whistling Straits. Obviously, it's been the host of the USPJ a couple of times in the past few years. And the my thing with the Whistling Straits is that I have a funny feeling it's going to suit the Americans with the, the length of the course. Do you kind of go along with that? Yeah, it's certainly long. 7,514 yards, I believe. So, um yeah, they, they that's are. Just, that's, just, that's just your kind of course, Andy. Yeah? Absolutely, <laughs> I would. Uh, I would just uh, hybrid them to death, I think, around there, and and then then hit a wedge after that. Uh, but no, definitely. Um, I, I think they they are longer than us. I think statistically, the guys in our team are hit it further. But um, I was actually looking at driving uh, strokes gain driving today, and it's actually surprising overall driving. We've got some uh, some players who are, who are right up there. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they set it. I've not really seen if, if it's going to be pretty wide. I'd imagine it probably will be. Again, home advantage, poor setup, things like that. And, and the weather's set fair as well. So, yeah, it, it, on paper it sets up for them. But as we all know, you've, you've, got, to, you've got the whole putts as well, you know. Um, <laughs> We've uh, we've got guys in our team who are who are um, can get pretty hot on the greens as well. But yeah, you would expect um, there's only been one away one in the last seven Ryder Cups, so that tells its own story about course setup and things like that. Um, and I've listened to a couple of podcasts and they've they've actually been advocating the the um, the kind of idea of a neutral setup, a neutral body kind of set up courses, which I think could be a good shout going forward. But yeah, it's home. It's home team's prerogative at the moment to set up the course in their favour, and I think we'll certainly do that. We'll run down the teams that are going to be competing this week. We'll start off with Team USA. We've got Patrick Cantley, Xander Schofler, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, Colin Morikawa, Tony Finau, Harris English, Daniel Berger, and Scotty Scheffler. Team Europe. What a terrible setup that is. What a terrible lineup that is. <laughs> Rubbish. Eleven out of the top twenty-five in the world, which I don't think has ever been. I don't think there's been ever been a a Team USA or a Team Europe that's had that many that much strength and depth. Team Europe: Rory McIlroy, Ian Poulter, John Ram, Victor Hovland, Tony Fleetwood, Sergio Garcia, Lee Westwood, Paul Casey, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Taro Hatton, Shane Lowry, and Bernd Wiesberger. Alistair, who is going to be key players to look out for from both sides? Do you think this week? Well, I think, I think from 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 your European perspective, you know, we need um, we need big performances from the top top players. Like, see, John Ram needs to be needs to be brilliant for us. Um, we need McElroy to to turn up 
you know, he, his form has been a bit in and out for, for quite a wee while now. Uh, we need him at his best. Um, and we need that backed up by, I, I think Europe we're going to need, for us to win, we're going to need one or two, um, and you, which is something you see quite a lot in the Ryder Cup was a wee surprise package, like a, like a wee unsung hero, like a uh, Bernd Weisberger maybe having a, you know, a great Ryder Cup. And um, we need a, guys that you wouldn't maybe expect because uh, I think we are, I think we are behind the eight ball here uh, for for this one. The American team is so strong; it's ridiculous, and they could put all sorts of players together. The only thing that's going to that could possibly hold them back is is the atmosphere in the in the team. You know, we know that they're traditionally um, more of an individual uh, tour than than what you, what the European team might be. Um, but they, I think, you know, you would always look at you know Dustin Johnson, etc. But I think there's more more of the like your Patrick, uh, one of your your Cantley um, players like that. I think um, Scott Sheffield. I think they could they could be there. You know they are going to be playing well because their form has been fantastic. Um, I think it, it helped uh, Stricker having six picks as well. You know you look at what uh, Harrington had and he had to make a decision on Sunday. It was a tough decision he had to make. Um, but we need uh, we need a couple of wee surprise packages. Lowry to we need a, we need Poulter to be. Mr. Ryder Cup, we need Westwood to play a lot better than he did in the last Ryder Cup that he played in. Um, so the last one at Hazel time, yeah. last time on America, when you know, we need uh, Fitzpatrick to play better than he did there as well. But I think Andy hits the nail on the head. I think the course will be set up for, for the American team. I really find that we're going to struggle um, because of the, the length of the course. So the, the, the big hitters, they're nearly all big hitters on that American team. I mean, we're no slouches, but we've got guys that are not that are not in the same uh, the same planet as them. You look at uh, Justin Raw, uh, Justin Justin <laughs> Thomas, uh, Dustin, uh, Dustin Johnson. I we've lost the plot for a minute there. Um, the other guys, you know, coming in, Tony Fino, Miles, you know, like these guys are all big, big hitters. Yeah. Uh, so we need our, our John Ram to turn up, um, people like that, and we need Rory to, to step up to the plate more like he's like his like his old self. But Ryder Cup can do that. You know, it might get the, the you know, Poulter, Garcia, for me, they're a wee bit kind of over the hill in terms of the Ryder Cup. You know, maybe one Ryder Cup too many for them. We need a we need big performances from um from from those players, but I think we need we need everybody to play well. Alan, who kind of stands out to you in both sides for the this week? Who is there a particular player you think that needs to be his, his best if they're in either side? I, I think the standouts for me, Scott, is uh, two two fantastic individuals. Tommy Fleetwood, uh, who's his form's probably not been as good uh, in recent times as we thought, but. He's just the type of guy you wouldn't want to play against. I mean, he's just, you know, he's not the longest hit in the world, but he's down the middle, great short game. He'll, you know, Paris, you know, he, he gets four points out of five uh, in his rookie uh, year, which was unbelievable. Um, so I think Tommy Fleetwood is going to be a huge player. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him. And Justin Thomas, I was already touched on it. Um, for the Americans, same in Paris. I think he had four points out of five. He won four. And half a point one. So again, he obviously loves that match play situation. So, so those two for me, I think, are going to be big, big players. Um, but you know, I just, you know, I think, I think the the, the guys are. 
Alistair's talking there about the, the course been long and all the rest of it. See, for me, guys, it really doesn't come into it for me what the course is set up like because, you know, you've got 24 of the best players in the world and they know how to manage their way around the golf course. So they can get round a par 66 quirky course um, or they can get round a par 75, 8,000 yards long. Uh, you know, for me, it's just it's whose bottle holds up over the next three days. Um, so as Al said there, everybody needs to do their bit. I, I, would, I would look towards, um, and I know, again, I'll, and I agree with Alistair there, he said, you know, Westwood, Garcia, maybe one Ryder Cup too many for them. I would agree with that, but I would flip that the other way and say I would be looking to those two players. Um, if I was going into that team as a rookie um, with very or, or with very little Ryder Cup experience, I'd be looking at Westwood and Garcia. Guys, get me through this. You've been here. You've been here a million times. You know You know how I'm feeling. You've been here. You've done it. So I'd be looking at those guys, maybe not on the playing side as much, you know, to to get the points, but to get the other players um, through these next three days with their experience, Westwood, Garcia, they love the Ryder Cup. Poulter, he could put in that bracket as well. They live and breathe the Ryder Cup. They really do. And they know the right things to say to the right people at the right time. So I'd be looking at them to be very, very influential um, over the over that three days. You know, bring the, the old head and 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 get get the less less experienced players um, through 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 the uh, through the journey. Andy, uh, there's only three European players who are going to be rookies in the this year. It's going to be Victor Hovland, Shane Lowry, and Bern Wiesberger. America have got six. Would that could that experience potentially be? favourable towards Europe the fact they've got more players who've kind of had that experience of a lot of them have, have won it as well like Jake Matt could play in their favour um, I don't really subscribe to that I think it's a currently it's been in President's Cup winning President's Cups yeah. done well in all President's Cups not the same as, as Ryder Cup but still it's kind of similar experience um, Morikawa's Major champion, double major champion. Um, I don't think this will phase well, phase him a, a great deal. I think he'll obviously be be um, be nervous and, and things like that. But he, he's a well, he's a absolute world class player. Um, hopefully, again, there are thereabouts in majors every single time. Um, I, I don't really see it being a major major problem. The other way you look at it is these guys haven't got any scar tissue. They're coming in. Desperate to do well. A lot of pressure on the American team as well, though. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing Victor Hovland in the, in the European side. I think he'll uh, he's the kind of guy. He kind of he, he's just looks designed for the Ryder Cup. He's just that kind of bit of flair about him. He's a little bit different. Um, not frightened to to make birdies um, at all. Um, kind of swashbuckling type player, um, so I, I think he's he's made for it. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing him. Um, but like the boys have said, I, I just think I'll like say that I just think the Americans are so strong. I say right across the board. The only thing is maybe who do they pair with them? There's maybe not a lot of obvious parents for the Americans, but um, on an individual basis, they're, they're so strong. Yeah, I'd agree with that, Alistair. Andy said there about the Americans being under pressure. Do you think they are under pressure because of the, the kind of dominance of the Europeans in the past kind of few years? I think America uh, have only won it twice in the past 10 mountains, is that right? I think since Brookline, they've only won it twice. Yeah. Like it's, 
is there a lot of pressure on them with the fact they're at home? The Europeans have, have got their number in the Ryder Cup in recent years, plus the depth they've got with 11 of their 12 players being in the top 25. Definitely, definitely. I think the, the biggest uh, pressure on them is the, is the fact of how, how little they've won it over the last, we'll say, sort of 20 years. Um, we've really dominated it. We, we, you know, we gave them a tanking in, in Paris. Uh, and again, if we, if you look at a course, a course set up in Paris, so so not suited to them. Um, anyone that's played Paris National will tell you the last thing you want to do is miss the fairways there. And it's not about the, the length of it, so they'll be doing everything they can to get the to get a home advantage here. Uh, but yeah, that's it. I think you know Andy says you know the top their pairings. There's a lot of them don't. Um, there's not many obvious ones, and there is a potential. I mean, I know they've said that uh, they, the two the ones that don't talk. They've said that they're going to put their differences aside um, for this, but then the day it's still there, isn't it? You know that atmosphere is still there, and it's a team room. It's not a team environment, uh, so they're eating together, they're playing practice rounds together. Uh, you know they're going to be in in their own in, the, in their company the whole time. They're not going to be away to their hotel room on their own doing their own thing. Bruce Kepp has already said stuff like that. You know, he, he finds it a bit, a bit awkward because he doesn't get to go and just do what he, mm-hmm. he would normally do at tournaments, going to the gym at certain times, going for a nap at certain times, he said. So their whole routine's out the window. And I think with them being such an individual team as well, between the pressure that they're under um, because of how they ever won it uh, over the last few years and the fact that they're so you know, strong favourites and the fact that, you know, they need to put... Uh, pairings together you know so that's the kind of things that can that could uh, you know hopefully you know for our, our point of view could potentially potentially hold them back Alan what was your thoughts on Bruce Kepka's comments when he was talking about the schedule and the kind of difference of it did, how did how does that kind of sit with you what he came out and said do you, do you know what I, I like him or loathe him I, I loved his honesty uh, I thought he was very very honest to come out with those comments and um <laughs> I'll tell you what, Scott. I bet he's not the only one that feels like that. Mm-hmm. And and you know, I think you know the the biggest uh, the the biggest player in the world, Tiger. I'll I'll guarantee he was out his comfort zone playing the Ryder Cup. And I, I don't think Tiger particularly enjoyed playing the Ryder Cup because of exactly what Kopka said. Tiger was so used to doing his own thing, being being the man, being you know this is my routine, and that gets thrown up in the air. And this is where I think the the Europeans have a, a great advantage over the Americans. Is that is that team bonding in the team room? Uh, in the team room, the, the unity, the friendship, the fun they have. I mean, probably Alistair will know better than I do. But the the, the stories I've heard, um, the you know, there's no comparison to the the two uh, team rooms. Uh, the Americans, some of them don't turn up for the meetings. Some of them are away doing their own thing. That. The Europeans are absolutely together at all times. They're playing table tennis. They're playing pool. They're having a beer. They're, they're, you know, they're taking the mickey out of each other. The boy that does the uh, the impressions, the Irish boy that does the, you know, they had him up in the screen yeah. doing Poulter, Tommy mm-hmm. Fleetwood, Molinari, and he's and uh, he saw the he saw the players sitting in the team room and they're, they're crying with laughter mm-hmm. and they're all hugging each other. And all. So that that's huge. I mean, that that in a team sport is absolutely. Is absolutely key uh, to, to all of that. So um, yeah, so I think when it comes to that, uh, the Europeans have, have actually got a big, big advantage because they're 
much more united. But as I say, back to your question, Scott, I, I like the guy's honesty. And uh, I mean, going back, geez, what, 30 years ago when I was playing uh, for, for internationals at, at amateur level, mm-hmm. uh, Scottish youth, Great Britain, Ireland, I, you know, I, I, I was all right in the course, but off the course, I wasn't particularly comfortable because I, I kind of wanted to do my own thing. And you're mingling with guys that you didn't really know and, you know, it could be a wee bit awkward at dinner and, and these are your teammates and you didn't really feel as if you got to know them. So I, I would kind of stick to the Scottish guys. I would sit at a table with Andrew Coulter or, you know, um, uh, Gary Orr because I knew them. But mm-hmm. would I go and speak to the English boys, the Welsh, the Irish? I would, but it wasn't quite the same. Whereas when you look at that European team, they're one big family. And I think the Americans are very, very disjointed, very kind of... It's all about me. I want to do what I want to do on a, on a weekly basis. And all of a sudden now, oh, I've got to go to a team meeting. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And and, and that throws people. And that definitely does. But the Europeans get that and they enjoy each other's company. Um, even if they don't get on that well with each other, they make a huge effort for that week or, the, you know, especially the three days of the actual tournament. They, they make a huge effort to become pals. And then, hey, listen, next week, when it all, it's all done and dusted, <laughs> they might ignore each other in the airport again. So what? They've done their bit for that few days when they had to do it. And I think that's absolutely huge, key, absolutely. And I think that's a huge advantage. It's one of the main reasons, sorry, sorry to jump in here, Scott. It's one of the main reasons that for me that Europe have done so well, not just that obviously the standard of golf, but that the difference between the, the European team as a as a as a as a team and an environment, you know, you listen to the team captains. You know, like Sam McGinley talking about different. He brought Sir Alex Ferguson in to speak yeah, to him. Right, you know, yeah. one of the greatest managers has ever been. He brought him in to speak to the speak to the team. Um, remember one of the, there was one of the, the the Ryder Cups in America a few years ago. Mickelson went away one of the practice days and practiced at a different golf course. Mm-hmm. He went away and practiced at a different place to where the team were practicing. We've seen Tiger down the years wearing like a polo neck under a, a V-neck slipover, I think it was at the Belfry, that wasn't even part of the, their uniform. You know, so... I mean, the uniforms have been horrific for a They have been. They have at times. But when you see them wearing different, you know, wearing things that are not part of, of the team, you know, it's part of the team, and that should be all sorted. Every player should, yeah. should be saying, well, this is what we like to Absolutely. wear, et cetera, et cetera. You know, but when you, you've got Mickelson... And Tiger, you know, Michaels is one of the, the, the best ever players. He's away practicing at a different golf course. I'll be up the road hitting balls somewhere, whereas the whole thing's going, going on. Happen. You're right, yeah. that wouldn't happen. Wouldn't happen in the Europeans. Mental, mental. Andy, when it comes to the two captains, obviously Steve Stricker for the Americans and Paul Harrington for the uh, Team Europe. Who, can I, who do you think is going to have the edge? Who, who do you think is going to get more of the captains by you with the Ryder Cup? And them, Jay? Um, good question. I, I think it's a difficult one for Harrington. I think I think you, I think he's got all the makings of being a great captain. Um, he's very intelligent. He's very much attention to detail. Um, with, with everything. Um, probably the two boys will probably probably know him. Certainly uh, better than that. I've I've only met him a couple of times, but he's you get that impression that he's his interviews very thoughtful. Whereas Stricker, I mean, this really is a home game for him. It's in his home um, home state. Um, again, he's been a winning President's Cup captain. I think all his players, 
I think he's a he, he's probably one of the few guys that could have a chance of gelling all these guys together because he is quite a a well respected guy, although he's not won a major or anything like that. But he's he's been around for a while, and and um, I think partner he's partnered with Tiger on some of the Ryder Cups, so he's obviously used to dealing with egos and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But it's a good question. Um, I, I, I think it's unfortunate for Harrington. He's came up against this team and Stricker and his home his home state. Um, but I, I think I think he'll do well as a captain, Harrington. I think he's like I say, he's got all the makings of being um, of being a, a successful captain. Just possibly not against this team. Alistair, how key is it if obviously Kepka and DeChambeau, they're saying that they're going to put their differences aside. How key is it for that kind of rivalry to go away this week and focus on what they need to do? It's huge. You know, we've just been talking about the, you know, how Europe have been so successful um, because one of the biggest, uh, you know, the strongest points that Europe have is their their camaraderie and, and, you know, in the team room and environment. And you go to, you know, a European tour event and you see different tables of you know sitting in the players lounge you know and it's then there's a there's a network there you go to the pga tour and it's like that you know they travel with their families or they travel themselves mm. whereas the a lot of european tour or a lot of european guys will travel with each other mm. they'll, they'll eat with each other at night so there's a there's a togetherness there that, that that's a, a big big difference between the two teams um, so if there's a if there's a frostiness there uh, with the Shambo and, and and Kepka, you know, two top top players, but they obviously they can keep them apart, and and you know they're not going to they're not going to play in the, the the morning four balls or anything like that. And Friday, that's for sure. We'll take a look at some kind of partnerships that we think are going to definitely happen. We'll start with Alan. Is there any partnerships you feel could be? And both sides, it could be kind of guaranteed. And what's the what's kind of ones that you think it, you would like to see? So I pick I pick one of each, Scott. Um, for the Americans, for me, I think a guaranteed one's Patrick Cantley and uh, Xander Shoho. Um, played uh, played in the Presidents Cup. They're great pals as well. Really good pals. Played in the Presidents Cup. Two wins from four. Seem to be very very comfortable with each other. Um, so I think I think that's on one of the days, um, an absolute certainty. Um, and for me as well, an, an all-England partnership in uh, Tyrrell Hatton and Paul Casey. Right. Um, again, uh, again, got on very, very well. Um, kind of similar personalities, like a bit of a bit of an arrogance about them. Um, and, and, you know, and, and the, their games sort of really complement each other. And again, they, they partnered in uh, Paris and, and won one out of two. Uh, but even the game that they, they didn't win, they, you know, they, they were they were beaten by a, a great pair, and I can't remember who it was. But so I think that for me, so so Hatton and Casey are an absolute certainty, as is uh, uh, Patrick and uh, Xander as well. So that that's my two. So I probably get that wrong, but there you go. <laughs> Andy, what about you? Is there any partnerships you feel are certain? And what was is there kind of a few you'd like to see as well? Uh, I the two I'll, uh, I'll just say there. Uh, that's, that's what I was going to say. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm hey man, I've done my homework. You're just catching on to me here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, cheers for that. Uh, I just I'm quite interested to see what what he does with uh, the European rookies. Um, 
if he goes likes of with Hovland, does he go experience uh, with likes of with likes of Westwood with him? Or I, I'd love to see Ram and Hovland. I think that I think that I think that could be. Possible. I just think that'd be great. Um, but or does he go kind of McElroy and Lowry? Uh, again, a bit of experience with McElroy. He's obviously he knows Shane Lowry very well. Does, yeah. does he go with that? Um, on the American team, I, I really, I don't know if I've not heard any um, talk about it, but I think Morikawa and Fino is just an absolute perfect partnership. I mean, yeah. Morikawa's precision and Fino's length, I mean, foursomes just could be could be a, a great partnership there. But, um, but I, other than Shofley, can't lay Thomas and Spieth for America. But there's uh, really interesting to see what he does with Bryson and, and Brooks and Dustin mm-hmm. as well. Um Sheffler, Sheffler could possibly be like a, a partner for Dustin Johnson, something like that would, would work well. But no, it'll be interesting to see. Alistair, what about you? Is there any partnerships you feel you you would quite like to see this weekend? I think there's the they're a wee bit more obvious um, for for Europe. I don't know just because I kind of know the European uh, players and more than than the American team, but I think. Um, I think foursomes for me, I would have Westwood and uh, Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. together. You've got experience. I know Fitzpatrick's played one, but he didn't do particularly well at that one when he played at Hazeltine. Um, both very accurate drivers of the ball, and that's always kind of traditionally the um, the strength of, of a good foursomes partnership because you're going to be in the hole all the time. Uh, I think that could be, I would be very surprised if that wasn't a, a, a foursomes partnership. Um, I think you'll you'll see Garcia and Ram. Um, I think you know from the just purely not not just because of Stolos and the Spanish connection, but they've they've played uh, they've played a bit of golf together before. They've practiced together, you know, practice rounds and stuff like that. Definitely, I think Marco Roy um, and and Lowry. I think that's a a stick on not a stick on, but I'd, I, again, I'd be I would be you know surprised if they didn't play together. At, it's at some point, um, but I think yeah, Ram and Hovland. There's another one. I think that's a real strong partnership. I think Hovland could be, it could be a big player, a big player for us. He's, he's you know, he's really taking golf to his golf to, to a very, a very high level. America's uh, difficult, you know. You've got the, you've got the personalities there of. I certainly don't expect uh, Kepka and, and uh, Deschambault to play together, but it's, it's who, did, who do they play with? Mm-hmm. You know, if they've got this kind of wee kind of aura about them, would they maybe say, would if Kepka, that ego thing, say, well, if you put him alongside the likes of Dustin Johnson, Dustin Johnson, you know, so he's got the respect of, uh, you know, of, of the likes of uh, Kepka. So they might get on, they might get on, okay, both great drivers of the balls, I guess, are foursomes. Folsom's partnership, Morikawa, you're going to see in in Folsom's because you know he's because he's so, he's so precise. Yeah. So maybe Morikawa and a, and a Johnson because again, as much as as DJ is long, he's also accurate off the tee. Um, I always feel in Folsom you need to have guys who are who are uh, who are accurate off the tee. You know to keep to make sure you're not throwing, you're not giving holes away. If you put a, you know, I'd, I'd be very surprised to see Deschambault playing playing much uh, in Folsom's. You know, if he stands up and does that. That thing with us as the driver, he could be he could be giving away three four holes. Yeah. You know, you can't afford to do that. Um, so you you saw him at, at the open. He was in, in places that you just you just can't you can't get around the course from 
from there. Um, although the course setup of the race will be will be fairly fairly generous, but I think the you'll only see the likes of the likes of him at the and uh, the in the four balls. Uh, if, I think an American team is we could have all sorts of permutations there. I think there's quite a few fairly obvious ones. I agree with where on there, uh, Casey and and Hatton. I would uh, I can see them playing playing together uh, once or twice. Uh, but it's I think it's just we've got we've got kind of nice options there. We've got good options there where you know I don't think there's going to be any real real issue with who plays uh, who plays with with who. They might look at the at the four, at the foursomes and say, well, who's who's the real form players? Um, you know, and again, Poulter's another good accurate driver of the ball. Garcia, even though his forms, he hasn't played him his, his way into the team, but again, he drives the ball so well. Yeah. So we get, you know, on paper, we've got we've got some really good uh, foursome partnerships there. Um, whether we can match the, it's just trying to put the four ball partnerships together that can match the the birdies that you're likely to get from the American team. That's going to be the. That the hard bit because they're you know they're going to be I think they're going to be exceptionally strong in uh, in four balls. I've got a few written down that I think are, are stick ons for Americans. I think Cantley and Shoffler obviously the record mm-hmm. the Presidents Cup. I think they are they'll probably be, I would have been amazed if they're maybe even first or second down. <laughs> Thomas and Spieth I think will happen. I yep. can see Dustin Johnson and Morikawa just for what Andy was saying about that the distance and the the precision. I think it will actually suits a foursomes thing brilliantly. Maybe I don't know, but I don't know who who can I watch out as a good partner for the shamble. Like, can you put him with maybe Morikawa at some point if they for that kind of force some thing? It's tough. Like I would, as as Alistair says, that the shamble can you rely on the shamble in a foursomes situation? That's no, it's, no. It's a worry. So. It's a worry. Can you keep him for the singles. Aye, <laughs> I think Finau could potentially go out with like a Morikawa or maybe. Even like a Berger in English, maybe in the I can see that happening as well. Right. I think Berger really they, they play quite well together. I think McElroy and Polter. I know McElroy will play with Lowry out at some point, but I think McElroy and Polter for me. I don't know how. Obviously, the record of yep. Medina they kind of changed the game at Medina, didn't they? It was that that combination. Do you think you could maybe see that again, McElroy and Polter? Definitely. Yeah. Ram and Hovland, I think you they're the two, they're probably the two they're the two highest ranked players. I think you get them out early and try and get a point on the board. I can see Ram and Hovland. Fleetwood and Garcia. That possible? I like that. I like that as a partnership. I do. I think uh, as Alistair said, Fleet uh, uh, Garcia, great driver of the ball, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Fleetwood, not the longest, but pff, tell you what, his, his performance in Paris three years ago was sensational. And I think Fleetwood will be so up for this. And yeah. Garcia will play, you know, as Al said earlier, without repeating it, Al said, you know, yeah. it's maybe a Ryder Cup too far for a Garcia, Westwood, Poulter. Which again, I think I, I try and turn that into a positive. They might be thinking, this is my last, this is mm-hmm. my last dig at this. I, I, you know, if this is going to be my last Ryder Cup, I'm going to be doing everything I possibly can to make this a memorable one. I'm going to you know, just do all I can. So, and Fleetwood, a wee bit kind of calmer, Garcia, very fiery, will play to the crowd, will get them, you know, there's no Europeans there, obviously, there might be a few, but but Garcia will really mix it up with the, 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 the crowds and everything. So, I agree with you, Scott. I think Garcia and uh, Fleetwood be, is a fantastic partnership, you know, yeah. kind of two opposites, but 
but in my opinion, would work. Yeah, I think Casey and Hatton as well. I can agree with you on that. Casey and Hatton, I think, could be one together. Westwood, Fitzpatrick, I've got another one written down. But there's going to be a lot of... It will all depend as well. Obviously, the first one's the, the, the one we all look forward to in the opening ceremony. We look to, to find out who the first combinations are, and I think that kind of sets the tone for the week. But we're going to move into some predictions. Let's get some predictions here on who we think is going to be the top point scorer from each team. Andy, who's going to be the top point scorer for the Americans and the top point scorer for the Europeans? Uh, for Americans, I'm going to go for Morikawa. Um, I think he'll play... Well, I know there's, there's talk about a strategy for them of playing a maximum of three games, minimum of two, so I think he's a certainty to play three games anyway. Um, and for Europe, uh, I'm going to go McElroy. I just think... Why not? It's time for him making a. I think Al said. Uh, Al said earlier he needs to. He's a he's an elder statesman of this team, and he needs to kind of. This could be a, a, the kind of kickstart he needs, um, especially if he's gets um, gets paired with like Sal Lowry or something as a kind of mentor role. But mm-hmm. uh, aye, so more of and McIlroy for me. Brilliant, Alistair. Who have we got top point score? Top point scorer for the Team USA and Team Europe. Difficult one for for America. I would I would have gone uh, Morikawa as well, but because Andy has, I'll go elsewhere. Uh, I'll be just wrong, to mix, don't worry. <laughs> just to mix it up a bit, um, I think more obviously Morikawa. I think he, he's so he's so strong, he's so steady. But so I would say Cantley. Um, he's a you know he's a seriously good form. I think he'll perform great for America um, and for Europe. You will be. For me, it would be Ram or Hovland, and I'm going to go for uh, John Ram. Brilliant. Alan, who have we got top point scorer for USA and Europe? Yeah, I'm going to go for uh, Justin Thomas for America. Mm-hmm. Um, again, great performance in Paris. Uh, I think he's playing fantastic this year. Um, so he's going to be my tip for the Americans. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm going to stick, I'm going to stick with uh, Fleetwood for, for Europe. I think, I think he'll play every game. I've just got a feeling that, that you know, I've just got a feeling that he'll play the first day and he'll, he'll be in a winning team, whether it's uh, a winning pair, whether it's foursome or four ball. And that'll get him going, as I say. I know his form's not been great, but I think he'll really he'll really get lifted. And uh, again, based on his performance um, in, in Paris, uh, albeit he's not got his boyfriend, Molinari, you know, so, so that, you know, that was the, the bro, the bromance <laughs> of the Ryder Cup. Um, he's not got him this year, but I'm sure they'll find him another, another bromance. So uh, Fleetwood for me for Europe and uh, Justin Thomas for the Americans. I'm going to go for Shoffler. It was between Shoffler and Cantley because I think they'll be a pair that will stay together for the whole week. So I've got Xander Shoffler for the Americans. Europe, I can see Ram just having a one-a-day one competitions where he just takes it by storm just as the the old kind of savvy thing. I, just, I know it's maybe a, a stereotype of the Spanish thing, but I can just see him being, taking the team by the scruff of the neck kind of thing and lead, maybe even leading them to victory because I do think Europe have a great chance this week because of their experience and I just think that you never it's so hard to write off Europe now just so many times you've been you've thought the Americans will win and the Europe just proved you wrong and I think this could be a similar one here but we'll go into some final predictions let's get a score for the whole week how's it going to end Andy who's going to win the Ryder Cup and give us a score best of 28 
Uh, USA 16-12. Okay. Alistair, what have we got? Again, by the way, Andy, I think you, honestly, we really should have been texting each other earlier on. I was going to, that's what I was going to go for it. So, we're getting closer, we're, we're an hour closer, so I'm getting my hopes up now. So, I'm going to go for 15 30 for the States. <laughs> Was that your pick on? <laughs> I think 28 nothing to Europe. <laughs> uh, so, I'm going to go for 14 and a half, 13 and a half to the Americans. I think. Uh, Honestly, guys, you know, the, apart from us on here tonight, they're, they're totally writing uh, Europe off. But mm-hmm. I see the Ryder Cup as like a Ranger Celtic game. Form boot is out the window. It really yeah. is. And I, and I don't care world rankings and, and the Americans have got, actually, you touched on it earlier, Scott, but the Americans have got eight players out their top, out their 12 in the top 10. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, that's frightening. That mm. really is frightening. And in contrast, you know, okay, uh, Europe have got John Ram at number one, but the next best is Hovland at thirteen, and uh-huh. then uh, uh, and then and then McElroy at fifteen. Yeah. They've got eight in the top ten in the world. But honestly, guys, world ranking points out the window when it comes to that three days because they're out of their comfort zone. The nerves are they've never felt nerves like that. It's a totally different format. So I I genuinely think it'll go to the wire, um, but unfortunately, I can't help but feel. It will be a, a narrow yeah. American victory, but it will not by no matter of means. It will it will not be an easy victory. The Europeans will hang in there. They'll grind in there. Harrington's a, will be a, an amazing captain. Mm-hmm. He'll do everything right to the very fine last detail, and they'll they'll get everything right. Whether they're good over that, you know, whether they prove to be the best team over that three days, I'm not so sure based on the you know, how strong the Americans are, as we've all touched on. So a narrow, a very narrow American victory for me. And I hope I'm wrong. But Tatey's not often wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I think the American, I think the Americans will win. I think Europe will drive them really close to the wire. 15-13 for me for Team USA. I think they'll just have enough, as you say, that strength and depth. And I think there's, it's just too. I think they might just have too much on the at the weekend, but it's going to be a, a really exciting week of golf. It always is. It's the Ryder Cup. We haven't had it in three years. We'll look forward to it. We're going to be providing in-depth coverage all week. We're going to be providing the latest news. We're going to have an article out every day. We've obviously got our preview show, and we'll do some. We'll do maybe do a review show next week. We'll see how it goes. And we're going to wrap up the show there. I want to thank Andy, Alistair, and Alan for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. Uh, pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Good to see you all. Thank you very much to everyone who's tuned in. Follow us on social media for in-depth Ryder Cup coverage all week and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks very much, everyone. We'll see you soon. Cheers. Bye.